Thank you for choosing to join me today for our, our next 10 minute tips. I will attempt to keep to 10 minutes today as well, which is focusing on urine specific gravity measurements in cats. The questions that I'm hoping to answer through this presentation are, when is a USG assessment helpful? How should we assess USG in our feline patients? How do we interpret the results that we get? And what other than reduced kidney function should we be thinking of as a potential cause for a reduction in USG? So that's my target for things to cover over the next 10 minutes and then we'll have some time for question and uh, discussions. So last time when I spoke about urine collection in cats, um, and if you've not, uh, if you weren't present for that, uh, it's a recording which is on the video tutorial page of the website. So do feel free to look that up. But we talked about uh, when a urinalysis was indicated. And this is just a reminder of those sorts of situations. So in other words, many, many occasions when collecting and analyzing a urine sample is important, um, including sick cats, where we're specifically concerned or interested in renal function, where we have evidence of urinary tract disease, um, and as part of our pre-anesthetic checks and wellness checks in older cats in particular, because we know, for example, that chronic kidney disease is very common. It probably affects at least a third of older cats, uh, perhaps more than half of cats over the age of 15. And uh, International Cat Care, a charity based in the UK, which uh, many of you I'm sure will be familiar with, have updated their life stage guidelines for uh, preventative health care of cats. And so just a very brief reminder of these and the website that uh, I think is useful to look at specifically to do with this is their what they call their Cat Care for Life website, which I've put the, the web address on this slide. So it's catcare and then a number four life.org. And as you'll see the, the guidelines for preventative health care, so wellness checks in apparently healthy cats are summarised on this slide. And if we just highlight when urinalysis is recommended, you can see it really starts from when the cat is seven years old. So if possible, it's a useful thing to do. And by urinalysis in this context, the apparently healthy cat, we're really just talking about a dipstick and specific gravity. So not necessarily expensive or complicated tests, but just really a quick look to for the obvious problems. So what does the urine specific gravity tell us? Why is it a helpful thing to do? Well, firstly, what is it actually measuring? Well, it's a, a measure of uh, urine concentration and it gives us an estimate of the osmolality of the urine. And it's calculated by uh, dividing the density of the urine by the density of distilled water. So when we calibrate our refractometer in the clinic, we calibrate it with distilled water and then subsequently obviously wipe our refractometer, we put on a urine sample and that refractometer can give us um, the density then of that urine sample relative to water. <clears throat> And a number of situations where that is helpful. Renal disease, obviously a very important one, as we've already mentioned, um, but also urinary tract cases, lower urinary tract disease, um, an important uh, component of our, our feline uh, 
pathology, if we like. There is a, it's often a common reason for presentation. Um, and if we find in a cat with signs of lower urinary tract disease that their urine is very dilute, if the urine-specific gravity is less than 1035, then one thing that that should raise the, the possibility of in our minds is bacterial infection, because often bacterial infection is associated with underlying illnesses, which also are associated with a reduction in USG. But some urinary tract infections, such as E. coli, actually will interfere with the kidney's ability to concentrate the urine as well. So undoubtedly, um, assessing USG can give us helpful clues in, in many situations. So not just our kidney cases, but also our urinary cases. And going back to that earlier slide of when we might want to do a urinalysis, well, specifically thinking of USG, I think for all of these situations, there is an, an advantage uh, for us to actually understand what the urine specific gravity is. It's going to help us with our decision making in that unwell cat or in that uh, apparently healthy older cat where we're trying to understand uh, are there perhaps some hidden uh, illnesses present in the cat. So next, how should we assess USG in our cats? Um, well, I guess the key message here, as you can see by the red X, is not to use a dipstick. So whilst many dipsticks, depending on how many um, reagent pads you have on the dipsticks that you use, will uh, purport to measure USG, they are designed for human urine and they are notoriously unreliable when it comes to our feline samples. And even if the uh, dipsticks you get uh, say that they are veterinary designed, Mind, uh, I would still say don't use the USG pad, just uh, it's, it's not worth uh, confusing yourself. So really this is something that should be assessed with a refractometer. Probably every clinic has a refractometer of some sort. Some of you may have digital refractometers, which I've not included a picture of, and some of you may have veterinary refractometers, which I've not included a picture of. And there have been some publications looking at, you know, whether there is an advantage to having a vet refractometer, whether there's an advantage to the digital refractometers. And from my assessment, of, of the data in those paper and discussion with colleagues, um, I think there's no great advantage really to having, you know, these uh, perhaps more sophisticated sounding refractometers um, and that a standard refractometer is perfectly adequate for our day-to-day -day use and day-to-day -day assessment. So the guidelines that I'm going to present to you are based really just on using that standard refractometer, which you all should have in your clinics as an absolute minimum. A couple of extra points just to make at this point would be, firstly, if your sample looks very turbid, if it looks very cloudy, um, then that can affect the USG because the urine-specific gravity is, is measuring um, solute and uh, anything really in that urine uh, beyond water. So spinning it down and doing a, a specific gravity on the centrifuge sample would be sensible. Um, and also you'll notice that your refractometer is calibrated or designed to be used at a certain temperature. So just check that if that is the case, you're doing your assessment at a temperature which your refractometer is designed uh, to work at. So having um, put your, your drop of urine onto your refractometer, if you're using one of these uh, very standard handheld units, you will then, having calibrated it and cleaned it, put your urine on and then uh, lower your um, that uh, little flap over to your on your urine sample and then look through the eyepiece, directing your uh, refractometer towards the light and you'll see this fluid 
line, uh, this colored uh, line in this example here, very typical, uh, where you can read off the specific gravity uh, on the scale. So this cat has, uh, sorry, I'm just straining my eyes to look at it, but a USG uh, between 1015 and 1020, for example. So how do we interpret the results that we get? Well, if the USG is greater than 1035 in a cat, that's a pretty normal result. And if that's an apparently healthy cat coming in for a preventative healthcare check, that's a nice result to hear. And we can sign that cat off uh, from a, a renal perspective or urine perspective on very basic terms until the next assessment. Unless, of course, there's any clinical reasons to worry about it, any weight loss, for example, that might wish, want us to look uh, in more detail at our patient. If the USG is between 1013 and 1035, then it is more concentrated than glomerular filtrate, but it is in this category where, we'd, where we would say it was minimally concentrated. So it is not what we would call an adequately concentrated urine sample from a cat's perspective. Now, there are some uh, reasons why that might still be seen in an otherwise healthy cat. So for example, or a cat with healthy kidney function, let's say specifically. So for example, if the cat has had lots of IV or subcutaneous fluids, if it's received diuretic therapy, that of course can bring down the urine specific gravity. Um, also, if it's a cat that has a very liquid diet, perhaps it's got an esophageal stricture and it can only eat a liquid food. So we need to look at all those potential uh, reasons for a reduction in USG. But if we've ruled those out, um, then this is in that, that minimally concentrated area and renal disease is certainly a possibility, but there are other other possibilities as well as I've put here the the big two other ones would be diabetes and hypothyroidism if our cat is dehydrated or azotemic then again it's definitely considered inappropriate and, and uh, an indication that renal function is is suboptimal the next category is isosthenuria, so USG between 1008 and 1012. That's the same concentration of the glomerular filtrate and very similar differential diagnoses to consider as those we've discussed for minimally concentrated urine. And then last category is hyposthenuria, where the urine is actually more dilute than the glomerular filtrate. So it's, it's not now as a sort of typical renal case, a chronic kidney disease case, but it could be a cat, for example, with diabetes insipidus and that that is then creating this very watery hyposthenuric urine and these cats as you might imagine expect it to be very polydipsic otherwise they get dehydrated. So in summary, in terms of interpretation, a USG in a, in a normal healthy cat often actually is above 1040. So although that 1035 cutoff is used for abnormality for most healthy cats, and particularly of course those cats on a dry diet, the USG is greater than that and can be as high as 1090 if you have a refractometer that allows you to measure that high. If your cat is dehydrated, then at if its renal function is good, of course, you would expect the urine to be more concentrated. So typically that will push the USG above 1050. So if you have a dehydrated cat and its urine specific gravity is less than 1050, that always would make me a little bit worried of perhaps its renal function is not optimal, even if it's not uh, as low as that 1035 cutoff. But uh, for, for most of our diagnostic purposes, that cutoff of 1035 is a useful one to have in your mind as 
as a normal for cats. So if the cat has a USG less than 1035, um, we need to consider um, perhaps benign reasons for that, such as the examples I just gave, the cat on a liquid diet, for example, or the cat on diuretics. Um, but if those are not the case, then these are cats that typically we're worrying might have kidney disease, diabetes mellitus, uh, or hypothyroidism. There are some things that can affect the USG artifactually. Well, uh, it, because this is a, a fairly simple test in terms of chemistry, if there are solutes like glucose, if there are high amounts of protein in that urine sample, also uh, radiographic contrast material, then that can elevate the USG. And this is one reason why in diabetic cats, even those that are very polyuric and polydipsic, often their urine specific gravity when their diabetes is uncontrolled controlled is higher than you might expect. So it may be 1030, even though the cat's producing litres of urine a day. So that's because of the, the artifactual impact of the glucose on that uh, urine specific gravity. Also, just on the off chance that anyone from Japan ever chooses to uh, log into this webinar, listen to this webinar, their refractometers are different. They're designed, the human refractometers are designed for the Japanese population. They have a slightly different measurements. And therefore, um, it is known from some studies that have been done, we need to use a different cutoff point for our cats if using a Japanese refractometer, which is 1046. So if you find you have a USG less than 1035, and in particular, if you're looking at an apparently healthy older cat, what should you do next? What's the next piece of advice? Well, first thing is to consider those physiological and iatrogenic reasons for a reduction in USG and make sure that you can rule those out um, before um, becoming concerned about the possibility of underlying disease. Of course, if there are other clues of underlying disease, for example, the cat's lost weight, you don't need to necessarily justify doing further investigations. But if everything looks fine, you just want to check, well, what is the cat's diet? How much cat milk or tuna juice do you think you give to your cat a day, for example? Then from a pathological perspective, the top three, as we've emphasized, are kidneys, thyroid and diabetes mellitus. And so as the, the initial next step would be do a dipstick, look for, for glucose for a start, um, because that might be helpful in the diagnosis of diabetes. But this, in my view, is also justification, if not already being recommended for some blood tests, which ideally not only include our renal parameters, but if possible, a total T4 as well. So in summary, um, USG quick and easy to measure. We just need to remember a few things which might influence our results and remember to calibrate our refractometers. Things like that can sometimes get forgotten in, in the busy day-to-day -day practice life. Um, and I think use whatever opportunities you can to collect urine samples and test them for USG. In the healthy older cat, I think it's a really helpful early detection system for renal disease, for example, but also often other conditions such as hypothyroidism diabetes mellitus um, and helps to uh, progress our cases in terms of further diagnosis. So I hope that's been useful. Um, this is just a reminder of some of the resources on the website. So we have got technical guides in the helpful info free download section that uh, would complement this presentation. 
also in the video tutorial page um, there is now a recording of uh, last time's webinar which was on urine collection in cats but there's also a number of other videos on practical techniques blood pressure measurements so on and so forth um, there is some CPD some books on the website as well um, and if you would like a copy of these slides or you have questions which we're not able to answer um, in just a moment then please do feel free to send an email through and just uh, finally a little plug for next time session which is um, a bit of a challenge in 10 minutes but how to manage uh, feline idiopathic or stress cystitis so I hope you'll be able to join me for that or perhaps view the recording after the event thank you very much <laughs>